So it is, it, is a, it, is a, it is a special day. It's a special service we're going to have today. We're going to finish earlier than, than normal because we're going to go join um, the, the, the church in Arnhem, our sister church in Arnhem, and we're going to celebrate with them as well as they celebrate also their, their own anniversary and have their own weekend to look back and say thank you lord for what you have done but i just want to speak to us today before we before we go there i just want to speak to us uh this this morning just something something on top of what the man of god was preaching to and you know he gave he left me a, a challenge to say you need to finish off what i couldn't speak to the church during the Feast of Grace. So I'm gonna make an attempt and, and, and just add one more point on top of the points that he spoke about. And he spoke about, you know, there are particular things that prevent us from seeing, from seeing God. There are particular things that prevent us or close our faces. Remember, he said, open heavens is open faces. And he says, there are things that close our face that prevent our faces from seeing the heavens that are open before us. And, and so today I want to speak and, and just add one more thing, perhaps two, depending on the time. I will try to achieve something that I hardly achieve, is that just to finish in a very short time. Amen. Amen. So, so number one, he talked about that, you know, s sometimes captivity closes our faces. So we need to pray that God takes away captivity. That though we might be in a place which is a place of captivity, we should not be captive ourselves. Amen. So you must remain free even though you are amongst the captives. Number two, he talked about that, that we need to be able to get out of disorder. He called it spiritual disorder. I can give you another point on another day that, you know, spiritual disorder is, is you can also talk about the physical disorder. There is also a physical disorder that you need to deal with before you start talking about the spirit. Although, however, a lot of things start in the spirit and manifest in the physical. But he talked about get rid of spiritual disorder. Understand the way things work before God. Do not be like, like Uzziah who decided to go and do the work of the priest. Because that's where he broke the order of God. So understand the order of the way God looks at things and the way God decides and chooses to deal with us. Number three, he said pain and sorrow also closes our face. Pain and sorrow also closes our face. And when you are in a place of pain and place of sorrow, your vision becomes dim. When you are going through pain, you don't think too much about the future. You're just thinking about the now. Am I going to make it now? Am I going to go through this now? You can't see tomorrow because the pain of today is too great. And so you need to be able to say, God, help me to overcome the pain and the sorrow that I go through now in order to see that my tomorrow is greater than my today. God, God, God speaks to Jeremiah and says, I know the plans and the thoughts that I have for you. He was in a time of sorrow and a time of pain, but still God was talking about the future. 
That is going to be great in the future. So you need to deal with the pain and the sorrow in order to be able to see the heavens that are open before you. Number four, he talked about you need to take out to, to be able to get away from the place of having an insensitive heart. Deal with the processes of your heart. And Jesus speaking to those men when they were on the road to Emmaus, he says, you are slow of heart. You are slow of heart. Your heart is slow to understand what is going on. So you need to be a people that are sensitive to God. Amen. Amen. Desire to be sensitive to God. Desire to be connected to the Holy Spirit. Desire to walk with the Holy Spirit. And so today I just want to add something on top of that. And it is, it is coming. I was teasing my wife in the car. Though today we're going to talk about the book of Hezekiah. Do you know where the book of Hezekiah is? Huh? Yes, there is no book of Hezekiah. Uh, some of you are already looking at the table of contents. There is no book of Hezekiah. But we're going to talk about Hezekiah today. Hezekiah, Hezekiah was a king in Israel. And Hezekiah as a king, he comes, in, he comes in to reign. Unlike Uzziah who started to reign when he was a teenager, he comes in to reign when he was just a young adult. So he comes and becomes king. And as he's king... He, he, he puts a lot of things right. So when you read the Bible from, from, from Kings, from the book of Kings and, and you, you second Kings, you find the story of, 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 of Hezekiah. Hezekiah is also one of those kings that was reigning in the time of, of Isaiah. So after Uzziah, you then get the kings of, of Hezekiah comes along, one of those kings that Isaiah was prophesying to and Isaiah was giving advice and insight on what God was saying. So, but I'm not going to go to kings. I'm going to go to Chronicles, Second Chronicles, Second Chronicles. Hezekiah is a great king. He reigns for a long time. And as he reigns for a long time, he, he is successful in a lot of things that he does. He succeeds in the work of being a king and in bringing back Israel to the place where God delighted in them again. One of the things that Hezekiah did was, you know, they had not held a proper Passover or a Passover meal. They had not really held that, those festivals in the proper way. And Hezekiah was the king who restored the order of how to have those feasts again. And during one of those feasts, the Bible says they, the feast was supposed to be seven days. The feast went on for 14 days because Israel rejoiced in doing that which they were supposed to have been doing. And the last time they had had such a great festival was in the time of Solomon. Now that's a long time. But Hezekiah was that guy. Broke down all the things that were, had been put up. Took away the altars in Israel, the altars in Jerusalem. Took away all those things that, 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 that Uzziah had been putting up that were not supposed to be there. And when he had established that, brought people back to the right worship of God. And God began to prosper him. And then you get to chapter 31 of 2 Chronicles. In chapter 31, the Bible be begins and says, Sankarab, Sankarab was the king of Syria. He comes and says, I'm going to attack Hezekiah. And so he puts a siege around Hezekiah. And the people begin to be afraid. But Hezekiah, because he has been walking with God, because he has been trusting God, he tells the people, do not be afraid. God will fight for us. 
And Isaiah also gives a prophetic word to say, God will do something great for you. You will overcome this. So don't be afraid. And so what does God do? While as king of Assyria, he was a great king. He was feared amongst other kings. God begins, sends an angel into the army of Assyria and just wipes out that army of the king of Assyria. So Hezekiah did not need to do anything. God just did it for him. And then you get to verse 20. Verse 20 says, this is what Hezekiah did throughout Judah, all that I've been telling you about. Doing what was good and right and faithful before the Lord, his God. Verse 21, in everything that he undertook in the service of God's temple and in obedience to the law and the commands, he sought his God and worked wholeheartedly and so he prospered. So the heavens remained open to him. That even when the armies came against him, the great armies that were coming to fight against him, God was the one who just sent angels and said, Hezekiah, thank you for trusting in me. Do not worry about anything. I will deal with these armies. You know, the Bible says the battle is not yours, but the battle is the Lord's. So God fights the battle, wipes away the army of the Assyrians. God brings confusion among them. They wake up in the morning and half their army is dead. And by the end of the day, there's no one to go up and fight against Israel. The people rejoice. And so Hezekiah was, as long as he trusted God, the heavens remain opened to him. I want to say to somebody, as long as you can trust in the Lord, depend upon God, the heavens will remain open unto you. The things that God has desired and has purpose for your life. If you can but trust in God, God will cause those things to be available to you. God can prosper you in the way that he desires so that you can continue to serve him faithfully in his work. That's why God was prospering Hezekiah. So that he could, be, he could continually serve in the work of God and in the temple. But then as you go reading, verse 22, verse 22, I'm, I'm jumping to chapter 32. Jump, j- jump with me to chapter 32. And so the Lord saved Hezekiah, verse 22 I'm reading. And the Lord saved Hezekiah and the people of Jerusalem from the hand of Sankarab, king of Assyria, and from the hand of all others. See, so it was not only the hand of Sankarib alone, but it was the hand of all those others. When you can serve God, trust God, depend upon God, believe on God, God will deal with all your other enemies. Hallelujah. The Bible says, you see, when the God dealt with the enemies of David, and it, God caused that there was even peace with his enemies. Why was that? It is because God will deal with all those others. He needs to just deal with one of your enemies, and all the others will know that you don't mess up with my with the child of God you see God needs to deal with 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 your enemies and and you need to trust him to do that and when you've trusted him to deal with the things that want to bring you down the things that want to destroy your life the things that want to set you back that want to set see you failing that want to see you not prospering see you not progressing when God deals with those things when God deals with all the things that keep standing and putting blockers throwing spanners into your wheel once God has dealt with one the others will know that that one there has the Lord on his side 
And we need to come to that place. So this is what God has done for, for, for Hezekiah. And when God took care of, of that, the Bible says he took care of them on every side. And then verse 23. And many brought offerings to Jerusalem. <laughs> you see, when God gives you victory, you will find that even people from around will come to bless you even more. I don't know who needs a blessing in the house, but you know, there's a place where you need to come to trust God, to believe in God, to walk with God, to see God do things for you. And you know what? When God has been able to give you a testimony, people will come and bless you for your testimony. You know, people will come and say, your God is great. I want to tap into what God is doing to you. So I once shared my testimony with somebody. And they gave me an envelope afterwards and said, but what is this one for? Say, what God has done for you, may he do it also for me. This is my offering. I'm tapping into the blessing. See, I, I began to understand what was happening to Ezekiah. Because the Bible says, many brought offerings to Jerusalem for the Lord and valuable gifts for Hezekiah. So people will give a gift. You say, I've seen people run to the altar because they've heard a testimony and they've put something at the altar of the Lord. And they've also said, I want to tap into that blessing. But there's also another dimension where God, when people just come and even bless you because they say, whatever it is about you, I saw into your life that God might, I might reap also in mine. That's what was happening here with Hezekiah. And so the Bible says, and, and they brought gifts to Hezekiah, king of Judah, from then on, he was highly regarded of all the nations. So he had been a great king, but God lifted him up even higher. When the heavens are open for you, you will be lifted up even higher. You see, man will honor you, and God himself will honor you. You will find favor with God when the heavens are open. But child of God, listen to this. I jump to verse, to verse 24, oh, I just, just continue, verse 24. And in those days, Hezekiah became ill. It's, it, it sounds quite contrary that we are talking about Hezekiah being highly lifted. And the next sentence says, and Hezekiah became ill. Why was he becoming ill? He was ill to the point of death. And he prayed to the Lord who answered him and gave him a miraculous sign. See, God answered Hezekiah at the point of his death, gave him a miraculous sign. And, I'm, and, and, I, and, my, and the next verse is the verse that I want you to pay particular attention, that your heavens may never be closed. Can you read it with me? But Hezekiah's heart was proud. Hezekiah's heart was proud. And secondly, he did not respond to the kindness that was shown to him. Hezekiah's heart was proud. And he did not respond to the kindness that was shown to him. If you want the heavens to close on you, be proud. And do not be thankful 
if you want the heavens to shut for you, show yourself some pride. Take all the glory for yourself. Take God's place and the heavens will be closed. You see, when the rain is raining and you think it's because of you that it is raining, God can stop the rain. Oh, when you think that is because it's your power that things are happening the way you are, you are, you know, because I am so bright, I am so brilliant, you know, I can do calculus with the back of my hand. When you think it's because of you and not because of your maker, the heavens are going to close. You might know all the calculus with the back of your hand. You go to the exam and you come out with zero. You know, all God has to do is to make the professor stupid and not understand your answers. You hear what I'm saying, church? You, we need to be a people that remember where our life is, who holds our life, who be, where does our life belong. Our life belongs to the Lord. Our lives belong to Jesus. He is the maker, the author, the perfecter of our lives. We must not forget God. Tell your neighbor, don't forget God. Whatever happens, whatever God gives you. You see, just because you drive a nice car and you put your hand outside the window does not mean that God is smaller than you. Just because you step into the house and the door opens as you come in and closes behind you doesn't mean that God is no longer in control. Just because you've been able to synchronize everything by and by the touch of a finger, you know, the bathroom takes us to warm up for you. You go in and you take a shower and the wardrobe is giving you clothes that match the mood of your day it doesn't mean that God is no longer in control if God says stop it will stop it stopped for Hezekiah he was a great king he was honored by many other kings he was standing in victory people were sending him gifts but God said from today Hezekiah you're gonna die we need to be a people that are sensitive to God so when God does something good for you, remember to come and give a testimony. Remember to come and say, thank you, Lord. When God has done you good, remember to appreciate him. Say, God, thank you because you are faithful. I thank you, Jesus, that I'm awake today. You see, when the day hasn't gone so well for you, I need you to sit down at the end of the day and say, Lord, thank you. It may not have been good, but I'm alive. Hallelujah. Lord, thank you that I didn't get that contract. But God, I have another chance. We need to be a people that are faithful and a people that are appreciative of the God that we have. God must be honored. If you go to Daniel chapter 4, you will find the story of the, another king. You see, you see, pride is often coming when we have succeeded. And... And we all love to succeed. Ah, my God, I love to succeed. I want to succeed even in, with what I've dressed in. I want to walk out of the door feeling I've succeeded to dress myself. You know, I, I, I want to go to work and, and come back saying, today was a fruitful day. I'm frustrated when I go to work and I have some targets. And I come back and I say, I've not met those targets. I just feel like working on... Everything is ticked and done because I just love success. I love a good result. I love to, to have people that have said, we have practiced, we have trained, and this is our result. We did well. I love success. 
I love to go higher. I love to hear them saying, well done. I love it. It's great because we all love success. I love to see my life making progress. I don't want to be where I was last year. I'm not going to be where I was last month. I want to move forward. But you know what? In the successes of our life, there's something that we need to watch out for, and that's called pride. It's called pride. It's called pride. And so another king, Nebuchadnezzar, in Daniel, in the book of Daniel, you have to read and follow Daniel, seeing, walking with Nebuchadnezzar. Nebuchadnezzar rises and prospers. So the Bible says, King Nebuchadnezzar, to the people, nations, of, uh, and, and men of every language who live in the world, may you prosper greatly. And I'm telling you, Nebuchadnezzar prospered greatly. This was what people were supposed to say after he had made this huge image. So suddenly, Nebuchadnezzar forgets that it was God, the God Almighty, that same God of Israelites that had said, I will send somebody, I will send an, a foreigner to go and take my people into captivity. Why? Because my people under Hezekiah and all those other kings have forgotten me. So Nebuchadnezzar is just an instrument of God. He comes and takes the people and builds a great empire. Builds Assyria, a great empire, great as it was. On one of those days, Nebuchadnezzar says they will build an image. He makes an image. And on this image, he says everybody should bow to this image. And, and bow and say, may Nebuchadnezzar live and prosper greatly. And you know what? God causes him to, to prosper even more. And then suddenly, on one of those days, Nebuchadnezzar, Wakes up and looks, stands on the balcony, looks around and says, wow, I, Nebuchadnezzar, I'm great. I've built all this. And God says, ah, you have built all this. We're going to see. And God made him like a cow, like a beast. And you know what? His servants had to come and drive him. Say, oh, king beast, please, you cannot live in the house. We cannot be cleaning your mess in the house. You have to go and live outside and eat grass. They put food on the table. Nebuchadnezzar could not eat that food. And say, well, oh, king beast, Nebuchadnezzar, you have to go out. They put him, left him under a tree with a patch of grass to eat like the cows. The same king who had been slaughtering a thousand cows to say, let people have a party. Now he was among those cows that could be slaughtered. See, God brings him down. God brings him to a place where you wouldn't recognize him as the king anymore. And he lives for years outside. I pray that will not happen to you. I pray your heavens will not be closed, that you end up in some sort of wilderness, struggling with this and struggling with that. And people will be wondering, what happened to him? He was doing so well. Did you see how he, when he got married? Did you see how when he started his new job and his PhD, what happened to him? He still hasn't finished his PhD. It's now 10 years. What happened to him? Are you a Nebuchadnezzar feeding on the grass? What happened to him? He was doing so well. 
His life seemed to have been going right, but now he's sick and lying in bed. I hope you're not a Hezekiah who began to take all the glory. I, I hope you, you're, not, you're not that person who, who decided to say, you know what, it's just because I'm bright. In my family, there's no one as bright as I am. There's nobody as good as I am. On this, in this neighborhood, I'm the best. You can't compare anybody to me. You see, we need to be a people that appreciate God. Hallelujah. Appreciate the Lord. Remember your God and give him thanks and give him the glory. Don't lose sight of what God has done for you. Don't forget how God rises for you. And God will only but take you higher. But we need to be a people that remember to thank God. Remember to give him thanks. Hallelujah. Remember that eh, he is the source of all things. He is the source of all things. The Bible says, Hezekiah's heart was proud and he did not respond to the kindness that was shown on him. Hezekiah had also been given a second chance. And had him been given a second chance, <laughs> this might be for another day, but let me just tell you quickly. Hezekiah got sick, and, and God comes over to Hezekiah and says, Hezekiah, I will give you a sign. He had prayed. Let me just read that verse for you. But verse 26 says, Then Hezekiah repented of the pride of his heart, and as, the, and as did the people of Jerusalem. You see, Hezekiah was great. He was a great leader. He repents. And tells the people also to repent. And the people also repented of their pride. And, and, and therefore the Lord's wrath did not come on them during the days of Hezekiah. Hezekiah had very great wealth and honor. And he made treasuries for his silver and gold. And for his precious stones, spices, shields, and all kinds of valuables. So God gives Hezekiah, if you read Isaiah 38, God sends a message through Isaiah and, and says to, uh, to Hezekiah, you will have 15 more years. Because you've repented, you will have 15 more years. I will show grace on you for 15 more years. But you must make good of those 15 more years. Now, this is why the second statement in our key verse that I shared to you becomes relevant. Because the Bible says he did not respond to the kindness that was shown to him. And how did he not respond to the kindness that was shown to him? So I, I read for you that he began to get more wealth. He became more wealthier. He became even greater. As he became even greater, he started to put storehouses and put all kinds of things, his treasures, into, into one place. And, and then something happens. His enemies send some envoys to him and when the enemies came Hezekiah decided to showcase his greatness and this is what he does you see he has made buildings he succeeded verse 31 verse 31 starts and says but when the envoys were sent by the rulers of Babylon to ask him about the miraculous sign that had occurred in the land God left him to what? To know everything that was in his heart. He was still not grateful. 
I, 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 when I saw this, I prayed and I said, God, please don't leave me to test me, lest I fail. But God did it anyway. And so all the greatness that he had been gathering, Hezekiah, instead of protecting it, he decides to do this. The Bible says he, he let the envoys in. He brought them into the temple, brought them into his treasuries, showed them all the secret places, showed them all the secrets, showed them all the things that they were not supposed to see. Why was he doing this? He was doing this so that he could give a good impression of himself. He was doing this so that they could go away and say, wow, Hezekiah, Hezekiah, he's the man. He wanted the other kings of Babylon to be afraid of his riches. But little did he know that he was only exposing himself. In my next teaching or sermon, I will talk to us about do not give pearls to pigs. Do not give pearls. You know what a pearl is? Precious stone. Do not give precious stones to pigs. That's what Hezekiah did. Why did he do that? Because he was not grateful to the God who had shown him mercy. I want us to stand on our feet. And I just want you to pray for yourself. And say, Lord, help me. Holy Spirit, help me. That I may not be proud. Say, Father, I humble myself. Can you play for me? I, my life belongs it all. Who can sing it for me? Sheba, can you sing that? Or, 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 or Hilbert, sing that for me. It all belongs to you.